sharp swords with handle art to spark souls and charge souls to parts roads abandoned are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of blood scrolls savage quest of joe and earl rock shoes to every clue easter egg to gaming news the police need some bad dudes to crash through like bandicoot all shit a game in english the drone is a shit Control issues. Well, yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC, and this is a dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That's control with a physical dash issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Make sure that you look for control issues. Download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars, do all that stuff. Make sure you go down to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We put up gameplay videos from time to time, so you'll want to check those out. Uh, you can also fly on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, yes. We are nearing the end of October. Speaking of those podcast uh, providers, I randomly was just like looking up like, okay, so we're on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, and then I come across some site called like Himalaya.com and we're on there. Yes. I have no idea how we got on there. We're climbing the mountains, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Overcoming obstacles. Just jacking right into our RSS feed. Yes. That's all good. The more they... Like, the, oh, we need to host this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But speaking of a dub, the things that we love, that being video games, what have you been playing lately? Well, I have finally completed Chasm. Mm -hmm. I I decided I was just going to brute force the end. So I did a little farming, you know, boosted my luck stat so I get a higher drop rate, building up my money, getting all the random drops from the enemies, weapons, accessories, armor, selling them in town and building up my stockpile of high potions. They heal about 200 hit points per use. I have a little over 200 hit points. So when I get dangerously low, refill, go right back to beating up the boss. <laughs> <laughs> got got it together, uh found some enemies that were dropping the the highest raw resource in the game, so I was able to craft the best armor in the game or at least one of the best armors uh i found some cool weapons however nothing was better than my my throwing sword which is a sword that you throw so it's a ranged weapon and it doesn't hit just once but it can hit an enemy up to like three or four times depending on if and how fast they're coming at you and how fast you're running away because <laughs> it's just spinning so i found like that that optimal range where you throw it, it hits them, and then it's still on them as it's trying to make the return trip. So it's like one, two, three. <laughs> it's it was amazing. It, it takes a weapon that is seemingly not as powerful as the others and makes it into the most powerful weapon in the game. Because when you're getting two and three hits, instead of doing fifty-seven points of damage, that's a hundred four. 114 that's how many a, how many hits you got that's 171 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah i was just shredding enemies like it was nothing from range it was a good time uh took on the boss 
it was doing tremendous damage to me, but I had my stockpile of potions, and sure enough, made that final hit, lost control of the game as the as the main character stands in the center and the boss explodes. Oh damn! Yeah, so it's that that type of ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was great. So I've I've explored most of the map. I've finished the game with more than half of the trophies. But the important thing is that it is now behind me. So I was free to move on to new games. And I decided it would be time to dive headfirst, neck deep, balls deep, into Frostpunk. Hopefully not too deep. Get them balls frozen. Oh, no. I, I dove all the way deep. I, I showed up late to work a couple times <laughs> because I was up to about 4 or 5 in the morning playing the game. It's It's one of those uniquely crafted games where you can stop and save at any time but you don't want to like it's i i gotta make it through another day i gotta make sure everybody's fed i gotta make sure all the homes are heated i gotta make sure my discontent isn't getting out of control i gotta instill hope in the populace and maybe i could pass one more law maybe i could build a shelter build a prison (laughs) i actually i passed a law i finally did this for the first time but i passed a law that uh allowed for like brawls and i had to build a, a fighting arena <laughs> so a place for people to just air out their grievances well a place for people to gather and just enjoy a social event and take take their minds off of the rigors of surviving in a frozen apocalypse hell yeah i mean yeah. if i if my option was to work in the coal mines in sub sub 170 degree temperatures or duke it out with some dude in the arena i might take it to the arena yes and then there's more laws attached to that like there's one where you can legalize duels where if people do have grievances they can settle them in the streets (laughs) (laughs) but the but the drawback of that is that people die and you need you need cemeteries (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean let me uh, to give you a general overview of the game you're you're in a post-apocalyptic london and just the world has frozen over we went from great prosperity and peace to just pure snow and ice desolation despair just a complete loss of hope and you're um you're in charge of a group of survivors and you found this generator so it's basically a city building game where you only have one city and the idea is to survive against not only the elements but the drama that erupts within the social dynamics of people who are just you know people who get hungry who get sick who are who can be overworked who who realize that there aren't enough resources who get cold like all this kind of stuff so you're seriously in charge of this city you have to build everything you have to build the roads you have to you have to send you have to give people jobs send them out to collect resources you have to conduct research so that you can you know improve the city improve your ability to generate heat improve your the range of your generator you're trying to provide people with a comfortable life and survive the rigors of the frozen tundra so yeah man every time i pick up the game i can't help but just play my playthrough until it's over which has resulted in me being late to a few things over throughout the week is just like i don't care for time right now (laughs) i'm trying to upgrade these houses get that insulation going it's it's an outstanding game it's got the top down view i think they they made a bunch of improvements 
for the console version. I was very excited about this game. It finally came out like about a week or two ago. And yeah, just playing it nonstop is excellent. I got some videos up on twitch.tv slash control issues pod. If anybody wants to see that stuff, however, watching a video or reading a review, it doesn't really do this game justice. It's something that you really have to get your own hands on and experience because man, it, it, it gets to you when you have to make a decision of whether you're going to allow child labor or if you're just going to build shelters for children instead <laughs> so they have some place to go. So, yeah, you're you're in charge of the city. You're building it up. You're trying to keep people happy. You're trying to reduce their discontent. You're trying to instill hope. You're trying to give them all the things that will make them happy, healthy, productive people that are going to contribute to the city and make sure that it's as efficient as possible in doing that you know you got to do research you have to build structures you have to improve structures you have to send out scout expeditions to search and figure out what happened to the world find extra you know abundances of resources that you can make use of you also have to pass laws so laws are basically promises and stances that you take with your you know, rebuilding of society and they have positive effects as well as negative effects. They usually involve something going on with the hope and discontent of the populace. So, you know, you, you get a choice of if people start dying, you could either do nothing about it and, you know, people start getting sick because there's dead bodies around and then you got to invest more on your medical side to take care of people so that they can go back to work and that they don't die. Or you can make a promise to build a cemetery or make a promise to come up with some means to dispose of the corpses. And then you get a little you get a little boost from making the law, but you can lose that boost if you don't follow through with the plan. So just saying or making just making the law isn't going to change things. You actually have to then follow up with it. And you usually have a time limit of a couple of days so you can get the resources together to build something. So if you say you're going to build a cemetery, you need to build a cemetery. When you do build a cemetery, that also comes with its own benefits and drawbacks. Like it it increases the hope, reduces the discontent. And at the same token, people are going to take some time out of their workday to go to the cemetery to, you know, reflect and commune with their their past loved ones. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's it's a game all about balance, risk, reward, tough decisions and really just trying to survive this, <laughs> this wasteland. I personally am very satisfied with it it's one of the more enthralling experiences i've had all year probably all generation it's these kind of games i live for so people are like looking at this game interested but are a little overwhelmed by it uh walk me through like what was your approach when you first started playing and once you've now gained some experience how you would approach it a little differently so my approach when I first started playing the game was like, okay, let's read everything. Let's do the basic stuff. Let's handle problems as they arise in order to, you know, understand the mechanics, get an idea of what's going on. Let's let's look ahead on the skill trees. Let's examine what's going on because there's a lot of things at play right at the beginning that you probably won't realize and you'll think that you're doing everything right but then that discontent just keeps climbing it's like what am i doing wrong why are why are people 
not happy and then you find out oh i needed to pass another law and build a thing and then that would have calmed everybody down but yeah my approach before was just okay let the game lead me let it carry me through and just introduce me to everything basically follow the tutorials now that i've played a few times and made it further on each successive playthrough i now i know of things to expect so i it actually makes me a better leader as far as the game is concerned because I'm coming in with the knowledge and experience of running unsuccessful societies before. So I know what to do. I know what problems to avoid. I know when and where to make certain concessions. I know what the people can tolerate and what is intolerable. So, you know, when I first started the game... I built some tents and, you know, got people gathering resources on foot in the snow. Uh, if I were to start the game today, like I would I would still have people gathering stuff in the snow and get the tents. But then I'd have gathering posts. Then I would have resource depots. Then I would have I would build up my my production methods more effectively, as well as my food gathering methods. Because, man, food is tough in that game. You got to feed people. Don't want them to starve. You got to keep them warm. Don't want to get that frostbite. You got to keep them healthy. Don't want them getting gravely ill and just consuming resources without bringing anything back to the city. It's a lot going on. and It's it's a wonderfully intricate game. I highly recommend it. But AMC, what have you been playing? AMC. Um, yeah, so I have been playing... So I kind of took a left turn this week. Play a little more Divinity. Yes. That's kicking ass. Um, Divinity is down every turn. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much uh, closed out a storyline with one of the, uh, the one of my homies, one of the people in my group. Oh, wow. Um, pretty much uh, she had been run out of her, or she fled her town when it was overtaken by orcs. And every time like i came across random npcs in the world who were from that town they would react to her very negatively and i didn't really know why then eventually it kind of gets out that she left her post and um she was also a fellow source hunter so i make it to that town and it's still overrun by orcs and um just searching through it she's kind of reacting she's like she's feeling a lot of fear but it's like stirring up all these emotions within her and then i finally run into the main orc that had like um basically terrorized her to the point that she got out of town and it was uh without getting too spoilery it's kind of like this the only way i can describe him is like baby huey style of dude where he's mm. not the smartest but like lenny from lenny, of mice and men. <laughs> yeah and he even talks about how like he plays with his toys and they scream every now and then <laughs> in his toys you learn are humans but um, oh my god <laughs> yeah and so he's um he's basically led in certain directions uh, to kill and he has no understanding of what he's doing he's just carrying out his orders and um so you you get the option to kind of do well, actually you don't even get an option it basically your character immediately is like you've taught me all these good like traits of like forgiveness but right now is not a time of forgiveness for what this guy has done and what he will continue to do even if he's not smart enough to understand the um his actions and what may come of them and so then a fight breaks out 
um, I at this point I'm kind of handling business because I have master skills. So we mm-hmm. we take him down. We basically he had one round of attacks on me, and then after that I was able to just shut him down. Uh, how, where how did he do with that first round? Did he put you in any uh, kind of danger? <laughs> he immediately had a uh, he did a charge attack, and it took it took down about seventy five percent of the health of my character Amir, and then uh, one of the side homies uh, Jahan. Uh, it took down his health like by a half. So, like, I was immediately like, if he gets off another attack, we're done. But I quickly just lowered his willpower, then was able to stun him, blind him. (laughs) (laughs) Made him deaf, dumb, and blind. Yeah, exactly. He was already dumb. Now we just made him deaf and dumb. Or we just made him dumb and blind. Um, And he after that we took him out and so then she was grateful and then i just pushed forward in that town now the left turn came because i didn't play any celeste this week um and we ended up uh, moving on to actually not moving on but we ended up downloading mario kart for the ios oh yes so how this- much money did you spend <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so this is one of those things like it's actually been out but uh when it first came out like obviously there is the immediate backlash because of all the monetization and uh, a lot of it too was i guess the purists wanting it to be the mario kart game that they had expected um as far as like the consoles and when they got this it ends up being a little different and i'll walk you through it i actually enjoy it thoroughly um it's a fun game uh so the differences are like one you can't really ride off of the course like it, it keeps you within the um within the confines of the lane but like be, and i get that because just the controls aren't there mm-hmm. when you're when you have a touch screen and um you didn't you didn't pair it with your DS4? Yeah, I know, yeah. I have played it off with my PS4 controller. Um, yeah, so I, I totally understand why they decided to handle the controls that way. And here are all the things that I do like in the game. So when you first start out, it seems like every character starts out with just um, Toad, not Toad, with, um, was it, uh, Toadette and Peach. And from there, you unlock other characters, and it's one of those things you have to get gems, and you get gems by playing the game, and then once you get a certain amount of gems, you you basically shoot off this pipe, and it just orgasms out like these randomized um, unlocks. <laughs> Literally, you're pulling back the pipe, and the pipe shoots, and stuff shoots out of the pipe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's great. Uh, and so how they handle it is you, five gems... Uh, uh, unlocks a certain amount and then if you collect up to 45 gems you um, you get 10 unlocks so it's basically like if you were to do five that'd be 50 you need 50 gems to get 10 or if you do 45 then you get the 10 so you save five get that little discount get that discount and so uh, i pretty much saved and i got like a ton of unlocks um when i did that the 45 i think i got like around like five characters unlocked and there's there's actually quite a few amount of characters to unlock and what's pretty cool with this game is uh i'm not i at least the the Mario Kart on Switch didn't do this, and I, pr- I believe like a lot of the other ones didn't, but it, it takes me back kind of to the Super NES Mario Kart where only the computer characters had this, but each character has their own special ability. And so with that, like Donkey Kong, he has a giant banana. Um, Diddy Kong, if he gets his specialty uh, 
item it's he gets two barrels on the side of him and it's just shooting out bananas everywhere <laughs> banana cannons banana cannons yeah and um same with peak she gets a heart that floats around her that acts as a as a protective barrier uh the baby like rosaline maybe baby peach too i'm not sure but um she has a bubble that lets her float basically unharmed um and yeah and so on and so forth i think mario heart shoots out uh fireballs and yeah so it's pretty cool that each character has their own special ability then on top of that um each character has uh certain affinities for certain courses and if they have a strong affinity then they'll if they get a uh, an item box they'll get three items out of it as an option to then use as you're going through the course and if you're if they don't have a high affinity then they just get the standard one item so uh with that like they as you're pulling up the hor- the course you're about to play it'll show the different characters and um their affinities to it and the same thing with your cart and your glider those also have a certain amount of affinities all right and so yeah with that like it it i guess that's where the carrot is um you're constantly chasing like unlocking more characters so then you have more options as you play through each course and so i can see at that point that's where the people who are i guess less less patient they'll say like ah that's where the monetization comes in because i need the best characters for these courses and so now i'm just going to spend the money to get them now rather than grinding it out uh as for me though like i'm enjoying it as just playing it straight up because you just play through the courses as you play um you earn points by doing uh, certain tricks or by just like action of like hitting characters the uh the 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 uh the the boost uh start and stuff like that and through that you unlock stars and then you take those stars you unlock more courses and i believe you can max it out because marissa did uh hit a point where she couldn't play any new courses and i believe that they rotate in new courses every uh week or every two weeks and so uh yeah we're i think they have a new rotation coming in uh I believe monday so tomorrow and so with that you'll have new courses to play and the old rotation will be taken out so yeah like uh and then the monetization comes in there's a gold pass or if you pay five bucks a month you get extra items for every time you unlock like a gif and, and things along that that way so like as basically you'll get you'll unlock things a lot faster but if you're cool with just playing the game as it is you'll unlock it at a steadier rate but it's just not as often but i i still think it's there's still fun to be had in the game it's just a matter of if you can withstand the temptation that i guess a lot of people don't have <laughs> so, and then yeah. get mad about yeah and then get mad about it but yeah marissa and i haven't spent a dollar on this game and we're enjoying the shit out of it um i'm sure there'll be people who will tell you do not support this because there's monetization but marissa and i we also paid for the mario run enjoyed the shit out of that game people were mad about having to spend money on that game all you had to do was pay 10 bucks and you would have had everything but you didn't like that option so now you're paying five bucks a month to unlock shit (laughs) well it's like uh, mario run was free that's like (laughs) the demo Uh and then you pay ten dollars which is the price of the game but people are like this is an insane microtransaction is too expensive it's it's the cost of the game (laughs) it's not a microtransaction it's the 
cost of the game. Yeah, they <laughs> spent a lot of money developing this thing, and now they would like to get some money back on it. And they thought a fair way of handling it was charge you 10 bucks and you get the entire game. But now nah, people didn't like that, so now you're getting a Mario Kart game where... Mm, now you get your subscription, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I will say the only, I guess, upside of this is that... I'm assuming if this game does well based on the download numbers, I believe it's um, one of the, it's on pace to be one of the best of the Nintendo games, right behind uh, maybe Fire Emblem. But uh, with that, if with the monetization, I imagine that it'll be supported supported longer than Mario Run was. So I look forward to seeing new characters and things along that with like courses. Now, uh, do you come. two play? Do you? just pass the phone or do you play locally on both of your phones we play locally on our phones um so you play against other characters and i'm interested to see if it's more ghosts than actual other characters uh because it does have an option for multiplayer but then that multiplayer option isn't available yet to to choose so i'm assuming maybe multiplayer will be actually at some point i'll be able to link with marissa and we'll be able to play on the same course at the same time but as of right now it's um you just select a course and then all of a sudden like nine characters pop in and then you're playing against them and yeah that the question is are they really there or are these ghosts of the characters from when they played previously regardless i'm enjoying it the ai doesn't seem to be off in any type of way if those are ghosts that i'm playing against so yeah i think it's an overall it's a, it's a fun game as far as like an ios game it's a great game so yeah that's what i gotta say about mario kart on the ios hell yeah uh so let's get into the topic of the week Ta- topic, topic of, of the, the week. week we're gonna lead off with that mp day oh no that day that day 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 so i think last month we 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 made like some predictions or there were some things we needed to see. I was hoping that control might pop up mm-hmm. on September. Yeah, um, have have my hopes been met? <laughs> yeah, and the the backstory with that was I believe uh, control came out towards the end of August, and so it didn't chart there, but that was understandable. And so we wanted to yeah, see just how, a few days on the market. Yeah, exactly. So let's see how with a full month behind it, how it did. So September MPD. The number one best-selling game for September 2019, NBA 2K20. Now, keep in mind, NBA 2K20, it received reviews and reception saying that it it wasn't as good as 2K19. Mm -hmm. It has more intrusive microtransactions. Mm Little uh, gambling, no, gambling. It, oh, just the WNBA. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just play 19. <laughs> Whole lot of misogyny flying back and forth. Yeah, it didn't go that well critically, but then it's the top selling game in September. Oh, and there will be another game on this list that we'll be discussing because yeah, we, we got some numbers there. Uh, number two on the list, Borderlands Three. <laughs> People mad about the writing. People mad about frame rates. People mad about Randy. <laughs> <laughs> not enough movement, not enough of an evolution from the previous version of the game. Number two on the list. <laughs> Moving on. I believe uh, it was Gearbox Gearbox under the 2K banner. Yep. So, so 2K holding the top two spots. Top two spots. Number three on the list. Oh, yeah. People also mad about what was it like the... <laughs> With Borderlands, with the reviewer or the guy who was talking about assets in the game, and then 2K was going too hard at him and boycott Borderlands. Well, Borderlands 2, number two best. Oh, the guy where they sent the um, 
the private investigators. Yeah, he was apparently <laughs> leaking content. And, yeah. yeah, and people were like, "Oh, they're going too hard into paint." Boycott Borderlands. Yeah, <laughs> number two, <laughs> number two on the list, right behind NBA Two K Twenty. Um, number three, FIFA Twenty. Of course, yeah, sports game. Nobody wants sports games. Apparently, when it comes to PS Plus, nobody wants annualized franchises. But the best, the top in the top three best-selling games of the month, NBA and FIFA. Number four on the list, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. All right, with an asterisk. Oh, because we don't count digital sales. Ah. Number five on the list, Madden NFL Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> sports games. So wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three sports games, two EA games, mm-hmm. uh, a remake mm-hmm. of a Game Boy game mm-hmm. sold at console price, yes, <laughs> which people have been complaining about, uh, and a first-person shooter, mm-hmm. multiplayer, yeah, <laughs> just an, another sequel, un- uninspired. <laughs> Top five games. Top five dead or alive. Um, number six, and this is where um, continuing on that topic of critics going hard in the paint, people having a lot of criticism for the game, but still charting. Number six, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh, um, that's the new one, right? Yes. With the survival mechanics. Survival mechanics. With, getting in with the mud. The coordinated sniper strikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the drone copter. So with this uh, fitting number six on the list, as we were talking about, um, critically, IGN, it got a six. Um, <laughs> Metacritic, it's sitting at a 56, a 56 from the critics. Number six on the list, games as a service game. So we got sports games, we got games as a service, and we got remakes all, all topping the list. Um, and the fans weren't trying to hear the criticisms. Yeah. <laughs> they went to the register. Uh, number seven gears five um all right single player single player game got and, some multiplayer in there yeah the note with this one was it was interesting to see how it was going to do being that uh basically you can get game game pass for ten dollars a month and so it, we were people were interested to see how the numbers were going to be with this with this game because they imagined the majority of people would be playing it on game pass but still we're seeing a chart at the number seven spot so still selling pretty well and um as we discussed in a previous episode the the numbers of concurrent users was um i, th- I believe it was like double from the previous gears that's good yeah so doing well uh number eight on the list because people like that dark souls cold vein <laughs> yes <laughs> the cold vein fan showed up that's good yeah damn uh, we running out of spots yep number nine nhl 20 all right another so, sports game <laughs> yeah another, another sports game number 10 because i was playing it on ios but now you got people playing it on the switch still mario kart 8 all right damn control yeah. didn't chart in the top 10 huh nope um so let's keep it going all the way through the 20 number 11 oldie but goodies uh, actually 11 and 12 number 11 minecraft number 12 grand theft auto yeah. 5 because <laughs> <laughs> they stay on the charts uh 13 super smash brothers ultimate all right 14 because we wanted him back Spiral Reignited Trilogy. Damn, still. Yeah, still selling. 15, Red Dead Redemption 2. All right. 16, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. All right. 17, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborhood, Neighborville. Damn, come on, Control. (laughs) Number 18, Marvel Spider-Man. Nice. 19, That Full Body. 
that Catherine <laughs> <laughs> that having bad dreams about puzzles <laughs> in my drawers with the pillows and to close out the list i'm sorry it went to the legend of zelda breath of the wild damn yeah so by all accounts good single player game not sure why tom clancy as we saw tom clancy's ghost recon breakpoint got a six nobody wants to play games as a service 56 on Metacritic. nobody wants to play games that have a rating below an eight yeah <laughs> apparently we don't like games with bad writing borderlands number two on the list we don't like microtransactions nba 2k20 at the most top of, of the, the games list. on the list <laughs> yeah <laughs> There was the whole talk with uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening that, um, oh, it should have been cheaper because it's a remake of Game Boy game, even though they redid all the assets and all this stuff. I mean, poking fun at it earlier, on a serious note, though, the amount of work they put in to make that the remake that it is more than justifies the asking price. Because it's, yes, the source material was a Game Boy game. Uh, let's go with number one. It's all one seamless world. You're not moving through screens. So there's that. The graphics are incredible mm -hmm. because they look like animated toys. It's unbelievable. They added new features in place of Game Boy features that they had to remove. Like, it, what What do you want? <laughs> and I even heard, like, people, because I believe that it's around a 15-hour experience, and people were just trying to say, like, well, is 15 hours justify this cost? And it's like, 15 hours is a solid campaign for a video game. 15 hours is two and a half Call of Duties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's $180, because you can't buy half a Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so with that, all those games on that list, no control, kind of sad. But, I mean, hopefully... It does well because I, I do want to see that game supported just because I heard so many great things about it. I know it's going to be on people's game of the year lists, and yet um, we're not seeing a chart. So for whatever reason. Well, there uh, one one thing that factored into the possible reduced sales. I mean, I think they got a bunch of money from Epic. Mm -hmm. So there's that exclusivity going on there. Uh, it was also packed in with NVIDIA gra graphics cards as like an example of ray tracing and things like that. Yeah. So, and it had the issues on base consoles with the frame rate that the patches have helped to alleviate. But, you know, people were probably a little standoffish. It also didn't have the biggest marketing push. At the same token, you know, people are afraid to try new things these days. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it even goes beyond control because we had control, we had the surge too. And we had Greedfall, all three single-player games, mm -hmm. no multiplayer, no microtransactions, none of them charted. Yeah. So <laughs> it's when EA says things like single-player games are dead, this is what they're talking about. People constantly hold up like, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2, look at that, single-player game, that's a success. Oh, Spider-Man, oh, God of War, it's like yeah those are the home runs but you're missing every other pitch you're missing every other at bat in the entire game and it's not it's not about the ones you hit out the park it's about the ones that you're missing or foul tipping or line driving to center and it gets caught <laughs> yeah and it's just it's about the ones that don't make it so when you want to deride them for what they're saying or you want to say that they're wrong don't let things like this happen <laughs> where these otherwise 
great games. They're not bad. And, you know, they're not the masterpieces that are Red Dead Redemption or GTA, all that, but they are very unique. They're very well done, especially Control. I'm hearing good things about The Surge, too. I haven't heard any bad things about Greedfall at all. Mm-hmm. And nowhere to be seen. Not not even top 10, top 20 yeah. for the month. So that's just kind of weird to me. Yeah, a, a little like, um, one, this is how uh, cult classics are made. So um, I imagine there'll be people talking about control in these games, like down the line, where it's like, oh, games like to revisit. Also, um, especially since it has like a whole one year additional post launch content roadmap. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm also looking at like kind of like that nintendo boost that we see like with uh legend of zelda Link's awakening at the number four spot as a single player experience and this does like lead to like i don't know maybe some wishful thinking but something down the line where i'd imagine if you see a game like control which is by all accounts a, a great game but didn't sell well and there were the rumors of like when people talk about like studios for sony to pick up remedies always been at that on that list of studios this is anymore (laughs) well i'd see this is like the type of game that if it were a sony exclusive and had that marketing push maybe would sell a little bit better as opposed to just being a remedy game it would have had more eyeballs on it yeah definitely so i that's uh one of those things that might give a little more credence to like maybe if remedy's thinking about getting bought out um (laughs) selling out yeah selling out (laughs) sony getting behind them putting that weight behind them to get them the push that they need to give them the visibility that they need. All right. So let's get into some of the numbers as, uh, as you had mentioned, as far as like software sales and whatnot. So dollar sales of tracked video game software declined 4% in September versus a year ago to 732 million growth in switch and Xbox one software sales could not offset declines on PlayStation four, which were driven by the comparable September, 2018 release of Marvel's (laughs) Spider-Man. So yeah. Um, we're seeing uh, obviously declines. There are declines also in August. Uh, year-to-date dollar sales of tracked video game software are flat at 3.9 billion. Gains in sales of Nintendo Switch software have been offset by declines across all other platforms. Uh, as far as individual games, NBA 2K20, NBA 2K20 debuts as the best-selling game of September 2019 and instantly becomes the best-selling game of 2019 year-to-date. NBA 2K20 launch month sales were the highest for any sports game in history, exceeding sales of the previous record holder, NBA 2K19. Um, some some news on Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3 set a f- new franchise launch month sales record, debuting as the second best-selling game of September. Uh, Borderlands 3 currently ranks as the third best-selling game of the year. And as we mentioned, so the top 10 best-selling games of 2019 so far, number one on the list, NBA 2K20. In one month. In one month, yeah. Number two, Holding On Strong, Mortal Kombat 11. Very nice. Number three, as we mentioned, Borderlands 3. Number four, Madden NFL 20. Number five, still holding on from January, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh Six, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Games of the Service. Number <laughs> number seven. Now, this is the funny one, because we talk about games that critically were just, just bombs, uh, low numbers, people talking about how they don't like Games of the Service. Control now on the list. Number seven for best-selling game of the year, 
Anthem. <laughs> Still on the list. Still. Yeah. Number eight, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number nine, Resident Evil 2, the remake. And number 10, to close it off, Grand Theft Auto 5. So, yeah, um, the one, the notable one that finally got knocked off the list but was holding on strong for a long time, that being Days Gone, no longer on the top 10 list. Grand Theft Auto 5 on the list. Uh, for now, I mean, we got Death Stranding and Jedi Fallen Order right around the corner. I imagine both of those games taking a couple of those all-time 2019 spots. Yeah, I imagine, yeah, some of these games will get knocked off the list. Uh, Xbox One, so we're going to do top five for each individual consoles. Uh, Xbox One, number one, Borderlands 3. Number two, NBA 2K20. Three, Gears 5. Four, FIFA 20. Five, Man NFL 20. Um, number four. Four, uh, sorry, PlayStation 4, number 1, NBA 2K20, 2, Borderlands 3, 3, FIFA 20, 4, Man NFL 20, and 5, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And for the Nintendo Switch, some oldies but goodies and some newies. Number 1, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Number 2, Mario Kart 8. Number 3, Smash Bros. Ultimate, Spyro Reignited. And number 5, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And as far as consoles, quick note, Nintendo Switch was again the best-selling hardware platform of September and remains the best-selling platform for 2019, at least until, I imagine this is going to probably hold up, and then once that fall of 2020 hits and we get to those new consoles, we're definitely going to see some shifts. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, as you had mentioned, let's get right into the next topic of the week. To- topic of the week. Um, let's close it out with this. So IGN did their final preview of Star wars fallen order um i think it was very well done excellent commentary went really in depth showed off a lot of like knowledge and resonance with star wars as a property i was very impressed by that yeah as you mentioned like it had the quality of a review while also like noting that like they had not played everything and things that they were looking forward to seeing based Mm -hmm. on what they had played so from what you saw like anything that you want to comment on you say you're a day one with this game it looks like it's gonna be a whole lot of slide (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be journey slide simulator (laughs) you just building up that scarf (laughs) building up my jedi cloak (laughs) yeah a lot of sliding a lot of wall running some of the wall running just looked looked like it was just too much <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they first started announcing like wall running and like the uh, multiplayer games like titanfall and then uh i call of duty once they adopted it and it's like yeah. all we do is wall running <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mirror's edge <laughs> yeah yeah you know, but oh, overall my i mean my impression is still 100 percent positive still day one on this game very excited uh saw a lot more stuff that i wanted to see from the combat and the moment to moment gameplay uh i understand it's it's early in the game for their preview it did look a little on the empty side to me like there's just two or three enemies here or there's just one enemy here is didn't it didn't seem to have like the density i'm useful i'm used to with star wars i mean maybe that'll change later on or deeper into the areas um something else i noticed that was a little a little weird i think that was about it It was just the sliding the wall running and the apparent like empty look however when when the combat's going or when you're dealing with bigger enemies like the big troll monster that breaks out of the out of the ice it's extremely well done everything moves very smoothly the frame rate and the performance 
really impressed me. At times, it just it looks like a movie. And that just seeing the moment-to-moment gameplay, like they showed you just sliding. They showed you just fighting. But then you got to see scenes where it's like, okay, I'm walking on a beam and a guy's shooting at me and I'm blocking the bolts while walking. Or like uh, there are three guys on a hill coming at me all with their blasters and I'm blocking all the bolts and then you get that that one perfect deflection send it back it's like and then you get hit in the shoulder it's <laughs> it's so cinematic and true to the Star Wars universe which is by far the the one thing that has me most intrigued about the game it looks like you are playing a movie if you want to say anything about a movie game I think that this is one of those titles that you want to talk about because this looks like it faithfully replicates the Star Wars cinematic experience in an interactive manner, which is an immense feat on its own. And what did you think? Yeah, um, so yeah, the, the first thing I noticed, it, a lot of the platforming stuff, like the wall running and the jumping and the grabbing on the vines, swinging. Um, I, I, I imagine, so from what I understood, there was a lot of uh, three-hour demos that were going on, hands-on previews, so it's really only a... a a small chunk of the game and so that was a lot of the, the footage that they were kind of recycling so i imagine there's a little more to it but the action seems to be all there the thing that i was um that pulled me in and like made me like really excited for this game is um how she had commented that she um she was really into the exploration in that game and a lot of the downtime is when she really got like uh, really got immersed in the world building and so that that one show me that there was a lot of thought and consideration into the environments and that you're not just going to be well you got to fight this guy so now you're on indoor or (laughs) (laughs) and you just make your way through like icy areas of hoth to just get to this boss uh it seems like there's a little more thought into it um they also mentioned with the exploration that you can kind of veer off the beaten path and you're rewarded for it by finding like skill points and things along that line so it's not just a matter of just getting through waves of enemies and making your way to the boss and then you just move on to the next location after a cutscene. it's um you get to a place and you actually want to explore and through that you're building up your character while coming across different situations different enemy types and um whatever is thrown at you in the game and as we saw they're sliding so there's going to be different i guess points in the game where there's just different action which is going to be cool in itself because it, it seems like each area won't feel exactly the same just based on the environment and some of the enemies that they throw at you so with that like i'm 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 pretty excited to play this game now especially like some of the action that i saw in it um with that, there's been some other information that's come out. So I pulled up a GameSpot article that got into the how the difficulty will work in the game. And so I'm just going to read straight from it uh, some points that I pulled from it. So changing the in-game difficulty will adjust how the enemies behave. Not, that's very interesting. Not give them more health. So that's one thing that people always comment on is like, oh, you're just making them bullet sponges or in this case, lightsaber sponges. They're saber sponges. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just spamming the block. <laughs> um, so with that, so one of our core tenants of the difficulty tuning was not changing the number of hit points enemies have based on difficulty. On Grandmaster, you can still kill a stormtrooper in one hit. What we're tuning is the enemy aggression. We're tuning the size of the parry window, the difficulty of these abilities to pull off. There's really rewarding mas- there's a really rewarding mastery loop in those higher difficulties. 
So then they get into each individual difficulty. On the story difficulty, Cal takes little damage. You have plenty of time to parry, and enemies aren't all that aggressive. Even if their personality dictates they're a confident trooper. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Go to uh, Jedi Knight, and the parry window doesn't change, but Cal takes more damage, and enemies are more aggressive. Jedi okay, Master. Okay, so they're, they're, more, they're, they're coming at you. Yeah. And you're. You're not that tough. <laughs> yeah, and they're bringing it, and you can take only so much damage. So I guess so get, you need to be proficient in your skills. Yeah, getting more to like the soul side of it, it's you're it's more punishing, I guess, the the combat, and so mm-hmm. you you want to be a little bit better, and the timing is key. Jedi Master is where you finally see a bump in terms of parry window, and then Jedi Master sees boosts in all three categories, forcing you to perfectly time your parries for any chance of holding your own in the fights Damn. against highly aggressive enemies that do large amounts of damage um so yeah that's um that's going to be for the people who want i guess the more precise and the more difficult um experience when it comes to the combat who really want to learn and master the mechanics right from the get-go yeah that's what a dub will be playing on and you can watch me get my ass whooped on twitch.tv slash control issues pod once Jedi Fallen Order comes out. Hopefully, I'll be done with Death Stranding by then. And if not, you can just watch Death Stranding instead. Yeah. If it, eventually, though, we'll get to that end game, and you'll just be timing it, blocking shit, <laughs> deflecting all blaster bolts, all like, the blaster bolts, like just, <laughs> just three of them in a row. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd mentioned the side note that being personality. So this coming from PC Gamer uh, in an interview with uh, Fallen Order developers Jeff Magers and Aaron Contreras. Uh, under the helmet, they have personalities, this being the Stormtroopers. And so we've kind of given them nicknames and call signs. So you have, it looks like a horde of faceless grunts. And they are right because they are Stormtroopers. But they each have specific personality and they'll interact with each other in ways that are specific to their personality. And then when one's left alone, it could be the guy who's terrified or it could be the guy who's super gung-ho. And he's like, now it's my time to shine and take out a Jedi. This sounds incredible yeah so i imagine as we were discussing with the difficulty types and they said they would be more aggressive i'm I'm assuming the higher the difficulty the less of the bitch made stormtroopers you might come across as opposed to you take them down and then that just emboldens them to come and get revenge for their fallen homies now i'm curious about the more cowardly types so if you peel off all the other homies is the cowardly one gonna just stay within their fenced in area and just be a little biatch uh-huh. while you walk by and spare their life or something or they drop or, their gun yeah or like do they drop their gun are they gonna run and try to get more assistance like that that's the kind of stuff i want to see in games where the enemies aren't just self-aware but they're also aware of each other insofar as like hey i'm a part of an army we're here and i'm losing I should probably go get help. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got a Jedi coming at me, deflecting all my shots, slicing off heads, doing kill animations. (laughs) (laughs) He actually stopped in the middle of combat to redistribute his skill points. (laughs) Um, Even though you can't do that, you got to go to the souls like bonfires. Yeah. So so continued notes with that. um, They can conceptually... 
um, they can contextually know the makeup of the fights too. So maybe if you kill all the ranged stormtroopers, first they'll call out, all of our ranged troopers are down. Contreras added another variable. If a purge trooper is with them, that changes the way they react to stuff. Because now there's an alpha killer in the midst who's going to inform how they approach combat. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. So I imagine what's like as you're saying, what's I guess to like so we had discussed that um, the different enemy types and how there doesn't seem to be a ton because they're throwing a lot of stormtroopers at you. But I guess this is a way of adding a little variability with the same enemy types as the AI underneath the helmet. A little, a little charm, a little dynamism. It gives it gives color and texture to the faceless mm-hmm. and the homogenous yeah especially they're all clones anyway so let's, yeah. let's give them a little a little something see but then it's it's these things that people see and get oh that's scripted yeah. <laughs> oh that's planned it's like no they put in this work under the hood to create these systems that generate these seemingly tailored experiences but it's really happening as a result of what order you do things in what your play style is yeah this all sounds very very intriguing very promising so i'm looking forward to it well we got like three weeks two weeks oh i'm so excited mm-hmm. but not everybody's excited everybody's never excited who published this game i don't care who developed it who published it who put the money up <laughs> how are they gonna make their money back whose name's on the bag <laughs> taking it straight to the bank straight, straight to, to the, the bank. bank straight to the bank Troll of the week, 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 Sneaking microtransactions for three months. <laughs> Riddled with them. So originally I was going to do Trolls for Outer Worlds because that comes out next week, I believe, and developed by Obsidian, recently acquired by Microsoft Studios, multi-platform title, had a little, little dust-up going on with a PS4 Pro support issue that became a non-issue not but a day or two later. Is this fair? But then uh, AMC reminded me that there was a final preview for Jedi Fallen Order, and I figured, hey, probably a lot of trolls in there. <laughs> yeah. So first troll says, looks crap. I'll play older, real Star Wars games until we get a Knights of the Old Republic 3. Real Star Wars games. <laughs> older games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next troll, the final boss will be a woman, and she'll be impossible to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Because every gamer's fantasy is to beat up a woman in a video game. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw this same criticism come around for Uncharted 4 when Nate and Sam couldn't beat Nadine. Why can't I beat her up? Why can't I beat her up? I just want to beat up a black woman. Why can't I do it? Why why can't I quick time event that ass? Why is is inclusiveness and diversity have to result in invincible minorities? (laughs) 
<laughs> Next troll says, this will be a mediocre eight-hour game with no replay value. Wait for it to hit the bargain bin in a few months. Mediocre. Eight-hour. <laughs> bargain bin. <laughs> <laughs> Just cruising at GameStop looking in the bin. Mediocre. That's crazy. It's honestly looking like it's probably going to be one of the best Star Wars games ever made since Super Star Wars on Super Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, Eight-hour game, probably not. I mean, the previewer, I think it was uh, Brian Altano at IGN, was talking about how you have the various worlds where you can go. You have the path that you can take to go through the main mission and progress the story. You also have branching paths that you can explore on your own, do some platforming, find yourself some skill points, some secrets, some some things to scan, lore to read, caves. Yeah, they to, mentioned caves to spelunk. Yeah, they mentioned a Zelda esque like dungeons that you can come across that you then have to explore. Got puzzles. Yeah. Got puzzles in them. And got platforming. Got force puzzles. Got force puzzles. Got midi chlorine. Yeah. So I, I highly doubt it's going to be an eight-hour game. Replay value, that comes down to the person. Replay value is not a is not a real tangible measure of anything other than your personal interest in going back to replay a game. If somebody really enjoys it, really enjoys the story, the main character, they're going to want to play it again. They're going to want to play on higher difficulties, master that combat, get a much richer experience out of it. And I mean, mediocre eight-hour game with no replay value. Like, how many call of duties <laughs> didn't we just talk about this like call of duty six hour campaign people paying 60 dollars, no problem yeah mediocre bargain bin. been burned by ea too many times to pre-order we'll wait and see yeah you don't have to pre-order shit yeah you probably shouldn't pre-order <laughs> in fact you don't even have to talk about it that's how much of a non-issue it is such a wasted comment yeah. i want a star wars game not souls wars tired of every action game copying the souls template the new god of war was garbage because of it and i have no interest in this either so what do you want then yeah you want combos <laughs> you you want you want to knock somebody in the air you want to juggle you can, you can jump in this game <laughs> yeah you can jump you could swing on a rope apparently it's not copying everything if you can jump if yeah. you can run on the wall i recall there being quite the uproar about kratos being unable to jump <laughs> now you can jump you could jump you can run on the wall and jump yeah you can jump off the wall and maybe games are copying the souls format because it's a winning formula it produces a very rich and challenging gameplay experience that rewards you for overcoming even the smallest obstacles like getting through a particularly tough fight or beating a particularly tough boss it's it's a new era, man. It's not about instant gratification, guns spilling out of the open orifices for you to collect and ignore and take for granted, that kind of thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for that. Borderlands does it quite well. But, you know, for games like this, it's I'm glad to see developers putting such an emphasis and so much work into their combat systems, especially, especially like weapon driven combat systems that don't involve guns mm -hmm. it's we're finally seeing a renaissance in this area and fortunately for us it was from software with their souls franchises that led this charge so you know let's be grateful sekiro was the biggest leap in that regard and this looks to do a lot of things that sekiro did so i'm also here for that yeah one thing i'd add too is just based on what we saw with npd 
um, just from my personal my personal opinion, an inferior Souls experience, but charted on NPD, un- unlike Control, that being Code Vein. So we're seeing people respond to Code Vein, but not to Control, and that's that's a heavily influenced Soul style game. They wanted the anime titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to this last troll. The game is going to flop like a fish doing yoga. Imagine having any amount of faith in EA. Damn, if I could see LOL. a fish doing yoga, that'd be pretty high. That'd be some Doing that downward dog. That woke-ass fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, it's nobody has faith in EA. That's not the issue. People have faith in Respawn. And apparently, Respawn has done no wrong up until now. So... They've made, what, two or three great Call of Duty games, Titanfall, Titanfall 2, a game that was celebrated for its excellent single-player campaign, uh, Apex Legends, free game. Potential game of the year. Yep, Battle Royale game, the the Fortnite for people who hate Fortnite, <laughs> and now they're making a single-player microtransaction-free, loot-box-free Star Wars game. The one thing that people have been begging for all over the internet, people who lamented the the passing over of Star Wars 1313 and the loss of Amy Hennig's Star Wars game with Visceral. Well, here it is, and you're still trying to find reasons not to like it. So what does that say about your proclivities? One score, and I'll never support them again. Yeah. They took my money. They took everything. Now I'm taking their balls. They took the house. <laughs> <laughs> troll of the week. 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 Who's the publisher? There better be a publisher, but it better be the right publisher because they're. They hurt my feelings. They took my money. I care about how a game is funded. They took my money. They took my childhood. They took my money. And they took my childhood. They gave me happiness. They took my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) They put out the best selling games every year, but I hate them. Nobody likes them, but they have the best selling games on the list every time. When will people understand that the folks who are going online and complaining about stuff not only make up a small portion of the people online posting anything, but they make up a tiny sliver of the gaming community at large? Yeah, the market. I mean, MPD (laughs) shows this every month. It's all the things people say they want aren't reflected when it comes time to do the tally. It's, it's, It's the same as the people who complained about the election and then didn't vote. Yeah. I was gonna say like the reaction to the launch of Borderlands would have made it think that the game was mediocre at best, wasn't gonna sell well and just uninspired. And then we see how well it's done, people talking about how they're enjoying it, people still playing it. It reminds me a lot of like Destiny, how people want to talk about everything that's wrong with the game and yet the community is still there ravish like just enjoying the shit out of that game scraping the bones for every piece of meat they can possibly find on that game exactly but a dub do you have any final words before we get the fuck out of here do i i don't think i do i think everything's going pretty well i think we got a lot to look forward to i think we don't have a lot to be upset about but you know people will find their reasons so (laughs) i we we already have people trying to trash fallout 4 now that outer worlds is coming out 
for some odd reason, Outer Worlds is being compared to a four-year-old game mm-hmm. <laughs> made by a different developer and a different <laughs> IP, but whatever. Uh, man, people still casting doubts on Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And now folks are still talking that EA bullshit about Fallen Order. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I wrote this to you in a text because people, all they want to talk about is how if a game like Borderlands is held, the review copies aren't sent out until close to the launch of the game. That means it's a bad sign for mm-hmm. the game. It's they're, a red flag. They're hiding it. Well, people have the sending review- it out to die. <laughs> yeah, people already have the review copies of Death Stranding. Uh, the review embargo is up a week before, so I want to see those people coming out saying like, "Well, actually, like you know, now that that's sent out, that means that this game is going to be perfect, and there are no issues with this game." Oh, they're really confident in their product. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I guess Coach Mesa genius. <laughs> yeah, the day we hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Control Issues. I am the AM6. And this is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Sucker. Props to whoever's over there running Himalaya that picked us up. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the bump. Yeah, maybe that's where we got all of our... Um, the, the thousands. Yeah, the, the, I can say the East Asian uh, subscribers that might be from the Himalayas. There we go. Well, we love you. Thanks for joining.